What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Drolet. And this is our first recording of 2024. So happy 2024. Happy New Year to everybody out there. The end of 2023 was a nightmare for me. December was a wash of <laughs> sickness and closed daycare and trying to play catch up and then just getting further and further behind. So I am, I'm glad January is here. How about you? Uh, same it, you know, I, I feel like you're in good company and that like I had so many clients who were like, man, I really want to start up in December or January. And for, I feel like 90% of people, everyone was just like, oh, I have no clue what happened in de- between like Thanksgiving and New Year's. It's like everything was chaos. I was like, yeah. well, I think it's that time of year. Like, yeah, yeah, just absolute chaos. I had like kind of a similar thing. Actually, I think I climbed four days between Thanksgiving and New Year. Like, yeah, started snowing right as Thanksgiving week started. And I had like gone hard for the whole fall season. I was a little beat up feeling. I was like, oh, I'm going to take like two weeks off and that's going to be nice. And then I'll ramp up training. Took off two weeks, had like two days of feeling good, got the flu for another two weeks. And then, you know, Christmas, New Year's stuff. So yesterday was like my first day back of being like, okay, we're like, <laughs> wasn't expecting a full month away, but here we are, you know, haven't yeah. taken one of those in a minute. Uh, I know. And it wasn't a restful month. It was just a chaos month. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, amidst the, the chaos of the new year, I think lots of people are making goals, making resolutions, say what you want about resolutions. There's a, you know, there's a whole conversation online about resolutions, but essentially they're just goals. Yeah. And no matter when you make goals, it's important to have goals. And, and one of my goals of this past year of 2023 was like to, to dive deeper into specific topics and learn more about those topics. And those sort of manifested themselves into the remix episodes that I put out. Um, and, and I think that's an important thing. And I learned a lot this past year about my learning process and, and how to make it better. And most of us are listening to, podcasts or watching YouTube or reading books or whatever to educate ourselves on something. It's either education or entertainment. You know, it's kind of one of the two. Yeah. Um, sometimes the two are blended, but that's that's tougher than it seems, um, which I'll, I'll talk about a little bit later. But the education component of it is is why we started this thing to begin with, you know, to help people become better climbers, learn how to make themselves better climbers. And I really want to get back to that. So, so this first episode of the year is important for me, uh, as well as I hope it's important for a lot of other folks to just better learn or 
how to better learn through media, podcasts, YouTubes. Um, I, I guess I could say better learn how to better learn. Yeah, the <laughs> meta learning. Meta learning of the media these days. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of the one of the things I heard a lot last year, um, sort of, I don't hear it in like the normal zeitgeist, but in the in the world of like learning and education, I heard the term micro learning a lot. Mm. And and micro learning is really cool. And there's quite a bit of research behind it that if you're learning a topic in small little chunks, uh, it can be it, it sticks better yeah. for some people. But I also heard people applying micro learning to like Instagram posts and YouTube shorts and oh, things like that. And yeah, those things are micro, but it's not <laughs> micro learning. Micro learning is delving deep into a single topic in little chunks. And mm -hmm. that's not what happens when we're on Instagram or YouTube, at least not by default. Yeah. It's not very deliberate. Right. Like you're not going into it with a plan of saying, okay, here's what I want to learn. Here's what, you know, what I've laid out for this 15 minute block kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you tell your, I mean, if, Hey, whatever makes you feel better as you just like scroll around. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I just found myself like you get caught in that same, that scroll. Um, we get like rewarded for the number of books we read or mm -hmm. we're listening to podcasts on two times speed so we can listen to more of them. Um, you know, there's this whole more mentality and I think yeah. that it feels good because you can say to somebody, I read this many books this year at a hundred books this year, but did you actually learn anything from those books and how much? Was it just yeah. surface level? You read a thing that quote stuck with you. Is that learning? You know, that's that's really why I wanted to do this episode because I think I've learned some things over the last year. And I think this is a thing that you've spent a lot of time doing, um, you know, figuring out your process of learning through these things. And I wanted to kind of give folks some some ways to to learn better. And that, you know, that trend of I read more, I watched more, I listened to more, I think is going the wrong direction. And I see coaches, uh, you know, there's a trend for coaches on Instagram and YouTube, uh, people who call themselves coaches. I, I won't say they're all coaches just because you call them yourself that to, to watch a, another video or read another person's post or uh, take a course from somebody and immediately, you know, within 24 hours, they're turning it around and posting it as education on their own site, on their own Instagram, on their own YouTube. And that's always seemed wrong to me. Mm -hmm. like, I, I don't want to present things as fact or as, as a theory that I've spent time with if I just learned it that day you know, yeah. or that week or even that month, I want to spend time and have experience with it and understand it, um, see its pros and cons, see why it might not be useful for a certain type of person. And then I can post about it, but I, that's not really what's happening. Yeah. It, no, I completely agree here. And it's, 
I'm in this situation to where I used to consume a lot of information. Um, And a lot of that was just, I mean, I enjoyed it. And like I washed windows. So I would wish I would listen to podcasts eight hours a day, five days a week. Like, and I think that was a great use of time. Um, I would approach it differently now. And we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I mean, I truly, it, there was something kind of fun about it. People could be like, oh, have you checked out the Strength Matters podcast? And I could literally just listen to an entire catalog. Like if someone was like, oh, if you heard a power yeah. company, I could listen to our catalog in a month because right. I would listen anywhere between two and three times speed for eight hours a day. It's like, cool. Like I can blast through anyone's entire archive. And I, that was kind of enjoyable. Also like, there is something to when you consume a massive amount of media like that, you do start to pick up on fundamental themes in a way that can be hard if you're just listening to one or two things at a time. Totally. So I will say there can be a benefit to that, but it's wild thinking about how I listen to things now. Cause for me now, like, you know, an hour and a half podcast might take me three plus hours to get through. Cause I am, I can't like, I try to consume podcasts the way I consume books. Like it, this is an interaction. I'm trying to actively be a participant here. So I'm going to pause. I'm going to maybe have disagreements with whoever's talking. I'm going to think about what is their perspective? What it like, why would they say that? What is, what is it that they've seen that makes them feel that way? Or like, what is it that I've seen that makes me defensive when I hear this? Like, yeah. Who do I know that this applies to? Who does this not apply to? All of these different things. Like, yeah. And I, I mean, shoot, I like, it makes me a little sad. The years after window washing, like every year I go through and I have to just unsubscribe and fully delete an old podcast. Cause I'm like, I don't have the time anymore. Like for me to listen to three podcast episodes a week, that's like, I had to be deliberate to make that time. Yeah, totally. And the other downside of listening on two or three times speed is that then when you have a conversation with a real person, you're like, why are you talking so slow? Where's the little dial for this? <laughs> oh my, yeah. No, I definitely, uh, I don't, I don't do that as much anymore. It like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that that's fully healthy. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I'm the same way I, I've consumed a lot of this stuff. And in years past, I was just consuming it as fast as possible and as much as possible. And the thing I was missing there is the like the experience with it, whether that's yes. an actual physical experience, like I'm trying to put this into into play in the real world and seeing how it actually works in a real life, or I'm having uh, a discourse with someone about it, whether in agreement or disagreement or whatever. Um, you know, one of our first road trips for uh, doing workshops across the U.S., we listened to the audio book, The Tribe or Tribe. Yeah. Uh, Seth Godin, I think. Mm-hmm. And it took us a long time to get through that audio book yeah. because every five minutes we were pausing and having a 30-minute conversation on what he's talking about. And that's the only reason I remember the title of the book and what the book was about. You know, I've read so many books that once I put it down, I'll forget the title. I can't really tell you what it was about. I might pick up on three or four little anecdotes in it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really learn what the book was trying to tell me, not in the way I would have if I would have had a conversation with somebody about it, trying to apply it to real life, real experience, real people. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, and it's funny, I had like in my notes, I actually had that um, written down like something I appreciate because I think this drives some people crazy. But like whenever we do hang out together and we'll be like, going somewhere like we can be listening to a podcast or whatever it's like it is just normal like one of us will reach up hit pause yeah and we talk like and that is just an absolute constant and that's something i do by myself all the time i mean there's times where i will like listen to something i'll be like oh man okay yeah, yeah i think i've got it i'll hit play hear five more words and immediately hit pause again i'm like well now that i think about it more like <laughs> <laughs> but that's like yeah it that's what really makes it valuable and makes it stick and you look at like you look at the research on like listening to audiobooks versus reading them and one of the biggest things about it is like when we listen we're more often this passive observer you know we're we're here it's as if we're being lectured to you know we're just sitting it's like a ted talk like okay it's just i'm having information pouring over me and poured over me but whenever you're reading you're at like it takes work to read. So you are a participant. This is something you're, you're having to actively consume. And so you're more likely to pause and think about things. You're more likely to be like, Oh, like, I I don't know. Do I agree with that? I'm not sure. And like, you might stop and look things up. Like it's not that common for people to be listening to a podcast, hit pause, like, you know, grab their phone and look something up. Like most likely also it's, like podcasts are often a secondary activity. You know, you're doing dishes, mm-hmm. you're doing yard work. I know someone, I, I know of a couple of people who are software engineers who will just have podcasts playing in the background as they're working, which yeah. to me is like, oh, I get it. Cause it's like, if you're going to listen to something like that's better than nothing. But at the same time, it's like, Oh man, like I just having used to be that way. And now being someone who like really tries to be active on consuming information, what I consume, man, I can just, I, I could never go back. Like, I feel like I miss so much when I just let it pour over me. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there, there is a conversation sort of, uh, that's not the right word. There's a discourse of sorts on the social media platforms but it usually goes one of two ways. I think on Instagram, it's far more often to see the like negative discourse. Like someone <laughs> yeah. just wants to point out what's wrong. Mm-hmm. On YouTube, it's far more likely people are just saying, this is great, keep it up. Yep. So there's not, there's not often, there are, there, there are unicorns out there that have, you know, discourse regularly that's really productive. Um, but it's it's not as easy to find these days. Um, no. For whatever reason, it's just not what people do. No, honestly, I mean, and this is a tiny bit of a tangent, but discourse is, I think it's something that a lot of us never learned. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, and for me, like, you know, growing up between my family and like a lot of my friends, like being able to disagree with people was not something I ever practiced. Cause either like I was around people who were very defensive if they were ever disagreed with, or they were just so agreeable that it never happened. And it really was just a couple years ago that I was introduced to the idea that 
like disagreeing with someone, honestly, like that is, it's a sign of respect yeah. to be able to say like, Hey, I trust you enough that we can have this disagreement and we can go into this. And we know that this, this isn't about like our friendship. This isn't about anything else. And like, we can walk away from this disagreeing and that's totally fine. Or, you know, we can have this conversation and both learn from each other. Like, I think it's a great sign of respect to be able to disagree with someone, you know, in a respectful way. And that's like, I think that's something that's really challenging to do in a lot of platforms. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's challenging to do all around for most of us. Yeah. You know, but especially challenging when you're typing it out, they can't see your body language, they can't see your face. Can't hear um, the tone or you use. Can't yeah. hear your tone. Yeah. You know, like I love to disagree in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I need to work on that as well because my disagreement takes on like a, a very strong tone and a lot of people can't get past that. So I need to be softer in my disagreement, you know, mm-hmm. more questioning, less sure of my disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm trying to learn that. Um, but on online, we just can't, we can't see those things. And it's hard to make a post seem really um, curious as opposed to, I just disagree with you. You're wrong. Fuck you. You know, yeah. like I see you in your, in your YouTube comments to people asking them further questions. Like when they say a thing, you ask them a question about it. And a lot of the times there's no response. And I, I think people are like, oh shit, somebody's asking a question of me. Like what's happening? Is, is he, you know, is he about to come at me or, you know, what's going on? I think people just don't know how to have a real conversation in those platforms. And it's hard. I, you know, I, I admit that. It is. I mean, and it's because it's also unfortunate that like some people just truly find joy in being antagonistic or some people will come into the situation. Some people also just come into the situation without enough information. And so they're like, oh, well, that's clearly wrong. And it's like, well, you don't have enough base information to be able to contribute to this, which it's like, there are plenty of things. I do not have nearly enough information. Like I don't have enough knowledge to hold an opinion on a lot of things, Yeah, but totally. on the internet, it doesn't, that doesn't matter. We all get a platform. We're supposed to have an opinion about everything. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think another thing that can be tough with this whole, like with trying to learn is, knowing what to prioritize. Mm. When I first started listening to climbing podcasts, there were there's two basically Um, like there weren't that many. And so when, once again, I was window washing, it's like, cool. I listened to all 35 episodes. No, there weren't even, because I think I'm like the 17th person interviewed on training beta. So I'd listened to like all 15 at that point. Like that was it. That was the entire encyclopedia of, like training for climbing podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. So then it was like, oh, well, I have to go listen elsewhere, which meant I had to actually do a little legwork myself. It's like, well, what do I want to listen to? Like, and why? Um, where now, Jesus, it's, there are so many and a lot of good ones too. Like that's yeah. one of the things that actually kind of kills me about, I just don't have the time to listen to so many is like, there's a lot of really good podcasts out there that are 
you know, climbing training or climbing training tangential that I love and I just can't make the time for it. But totally, that's a very big difference of I have to go hunting to find new things versus there is more than I could ever consume. And that's where we are now. So you have to be able to discern what's actually important and what is presented to us often is what is new, what is shiny. Like let's say someone, someone, there's some new concept that is very exciting right now. Well, whoever is talking about that concept is probably going to go out, go around on multiple podcasts talking about it. So suddenly you're going to hear it from a lot of different platforms. It's going to seem very important because it sounds like it's everywhere, but it might not be. It might just be new. And the thing is, yeah. if you were out of town for the week and didn't download any podcasts, you might never have heard about that. Like for that week, it seems like it was everywhere and so important because that's how fast we can be overwhelmed by social media, by podcast, YouTube, things like that. But yeah, two weeks later, no one will ever talk about it again. Like, so we yeah. have to decide what is actually relevant to us, what's important. Because if we consume everything and we're not discerning what actually should we be paying attention to, the chances of us actually having the important lessons stick is much less likely. Totally. And I'll also say from a, from a podcaster's point of view, you know, I think, I think I was the third climbing podcast, um, second training podcast behind the Enormacast and training beta. Mm -hmm. uh, I came shortly after training beta and back then it was like, you could spend three weeks or a month really putting together a good episode. Mm -hmm. Now it's on any given day, there are 20 new episodes coming out from different climbing podcasts, good climbing podcasts. Yeah, it's unreal. And, and a lot of them are weekly. Some of them are even more frequent than that. So you, you get caught in this like race to put out content, more content, more content, more content. It's the same on Instagram. It's the same on YouTube. It's, it's everywhere. And that just, in most cases, waters down the content. You know, it's everybody ends up posting the same things, talking about the same things, whatever's in the zeitgeist. You know, like you said, if somebody's got a new concept they're talking about, they go on every show. And then every show has the same interview over and over and over. The same pro climber who just did the thing. And they, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I completely agree. Like it, <laughs> It is funny that there are multiple podcasts where I'm like, I wish you didn't put out weekly and not necessarily because of a yeah. drop in quality, but also it's just like, I can't keep up. Like yeah. I would love to listen to every single edition of um, like careless talk with Sam Pryor and Aiden Roberts. I love those guys. I'd love to listen to every single one, but they're weekly and I can't. And it makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, th th that's an interesting example. Um, the Careless Talk podcast is interesting because it's it has educational and informational tones in it, but it's often entertaining as well because you want to yeah. listen to those guys talk. You know? Yeah. Um, they do a pretty good job of mixing entertainment with education. And I think most of the time, those two things – are different and maybe should be kept separate. Like each is going to have a little bit of the other in it, but 
for me anyway, it's very hard to make a, a podcast episode that's entertaining and really informational, you know, really good packed full of good information. Um, for me, that was the remix episodes. And those Mm -hmm. are, those take so long to make. If this podcast were just remix episodes, I would put out like six episodes a year, (laughs) which might be okay. You know, if that's what people really want. So for me, at least one of the things I'm trying to do is split the two apart a little more. Um, I'm not going to do many entertaining podcasts on this show. You know, I think some people are entertained by our banter in the board meetings, um, but we also try to keep those really educational. So those are a mix similar to careless talk. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, uh, my, my other show written in stone is that one is purely entertainment mm-hmm. focused but there's certainly an education component in it. Like you're, you're learning things about history, but it's very much an entertainment podcast. So I'm trying to split the two apart to make it easier for people to decide what they want. Yeah, I think that can be great. You know, and something that is really important for trying to learn more about, you know, for from podcasts, YouTube, things like that is find the voices that really resonate with you. Mm-hmm. Like this is, you know, I think a really good example of this is a lot of people want to learn about improving their mental game in climbing. And I think that is still, oh man, I think that's still just a topic that like, yeah, there's a lot of people talking about it and a lot of people just don't connect with the different voices. Like, yeah, you know, a couple classic examples, like one Arno Ilner, who I mean, the man, like he's been doing it forever, but, and he's very like, it's a very like soft side. Like, Hey, this is, you know, I mean, it's named the warrior's way. Like it's very much like taming the ego and like this softer approach, which works for a ton of people. Some people, it doesn't connect with, they're like, ah, it's a little like too woo woo yoga. y. And then you have like Jerry Moffat's mind mastermind. And he's, you know, he's basically like, wake up, look in the mirror, remind yourself, you're the fucking best. Okay, I, I am go the out. Champion. On, I am the champion. Repeat it 30 <laughs> times. Go on site DDA Rabbitohs project. Like, yeah, totally. you're just like, Jesus Christ, Jerry. Like, in some people, they're just like, oh, that was it, man. That's like, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, that's fantastic. And, you know, it's funny. I had someone message me just last week. They're like, have you read that book? I is that what it takes to climb hard? I'm like, no, it isn't like it isn't like if you vibe with that, cool, man. Like, but a lot of people hear that and they're just like, that just feels like this to them. It feels like this false, like bravado that they'd have to put on. Yeah. So I think the mental learning side is the most obvious and or example of you need to find the voice that resonates with you. Like just cause you read one and you're like, Ooh, that's not for me doesn't mean that mental training isn't for you like keep searching like keep going around and it changes throughout time like the first time i tried to read ego is the enemy by ryan holiday hated it like you know and i think i was in my early 20s can't imagine why (laughs) um you know a book about (laughs) ego was a thing that i wasn't resonating Uh, with weird but you know i came back to it probably like four or five years later 
And I think I've read it three times now. I think it's fantastic. But yeah, so we go through different stages in life. But it's like, yes, I think mental training is a perfect example of you need different voices. But the same is true with everything. Like, you know, if someone is trying to explain the metabolic pathways of energy systems and they're putting you to sleep, man, change the channel. There are people who can explain it in a different way. And if you want something, maybe my one of my favorite examples, the first time I tried to read the Anderson Brothers book, uh, Rock Climber's Training Manual, I was talking with an engineer and I was like, oh yeah, I'm like halfway through it. Man, it really reads like a college biography or college biology biology textbook. And they're like, I know, right? Isn't it great? And I was like, that was not how I was going to finish that <laughs> sentence, but I'm glad you like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree completely. And especially nowadays with so many different voices out there approaching topics from different perspectives and different angles and, you know, at different points in their climbing journey, yeah, there's something out there for everyone. So, you know, if we're talking about actual better ways to learn that's certainly one of the first steps is like find the the authors the creators the voices whatever it is that really resonate with you and that that you can really be more focused on yeah um you know there might be a a a podcast out there you love but maybe it does become one of those like background podcasts for you if that's the case, that might not be your educational podcast. You know, it might not be the best one to learn from. You might need somebody who wakes you up a little more and forces you to listen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, it changes through time. Like there's and through different stages, like one of my favorite, um, pieces of information. Uh, there was a big like analysis done with, I think it was pianists. Um, like, professional piano players and they were trying to look at like what are things that um these people have in common and one was on average i think they had seven teachers throughout right. throughout their entire career um which that alone i mean that's like the main point one I, one other little thing i found interesting was another thing they had in common is the first teacher for all of them instilled a love of music into them mm-hmm so here's the thing. If you have seven music teachers throughout your entire career, one isn't necessarily better than the other. Like you need the right one for the right time. Like if you took the number seven teacher, the one who like can take you from being a professional to being a great professional, and you tried to like have them as a beginner, you might never have loved music. Like it might, yeah. you might burn out immediately and be like, no, not for me. I'm going to go play baseball, whatever. Like, you need to find the right people at the right time. And it's okay that, you know, if at some point you're like, Hey, like this was great. Like I learned a lot of lessons from this person. I'm ready to move on to something else. That's okay. Like that's not, I think that's, that's totally fine. Yeah. And you to do that, you know, to really understand where that person is coming from and where they're at in their journey what their biases are, you you have to dig in a little deeper than just a surface level skim of what they're doing. And, and that's the best way to understand whether the information is for you or not. 
You know, they, they might be in a completely different place in their career, in their journey. They may, you know, maybe they're a person with no kids, no, no family, and they've got all this free time and they can live in a van and travel versus a person who has kids and a family and a full-time job. And, you know, the, the advice from those two people are going to be drastically different and fit a draft drastically different population. So you have to understand who it is you're listening to. And to do that, you have to dig a little deeper. I completely agree. Uh, and that's one of the points I w- really want to talk about is we all have a bias, you know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you know, it's funny when you, I feel like since um, Harper's been born every now and then I see people comment, they're just like, Oh, we need like a, a, dads of bouldering podcast now like right like i want more information (laughs) on how to balance having young kids with trying to train and climb hard and be you know productive in life still and that like yeah so you like your bias your or yeah just the lens you're looking through has shifted and a lot of people saw that and they're like oh that's great like can we get more of that um yeah so a bias isn't a bad thing but it's really important to know like what these are like, and I've got a couple different examples um, and I'll pick on myself as well. But years ago, I remember hearing Steve Bechtel say, you know, running helps your climbing the way climbing helps your running, which is a very fun, cute quip. Yeah. And I remember when I heard it, I was like, I very strongly disagree with this. Like I was like, I don't, I was still very new into my coaching. And I was like, I, I just don't vibe with this. But I mean, I strongly in, agreed just because I hated running. Oh, well, that's just it. I mean, it would be the same <laughs> as if, you know, if I came out and was like, hey, uh, you know, apple fritters are going to reduce your likelihood of pulley injuries. You know, everyone's like, let's fucking go. Like, okay. You know, no <laughs> yeah, one's going to totally. disagree with this. Like, right. everyone's like, yeah, more donuts. Okay. And so everyone just like very quickly accepted it. And the thing is, like, Steve's been climbing a long time. He's been coaching a tremendous amount of time. He's very educated. He's like, he's a hands-on coach. Like, so his, it's not like he was saying something he believed was wrong. And it took me going to Lander and talking to Landerites. Yeah. Landarians. Um, in realizing, oh, this is a mountain town. Like people don't take rest days. They go hiking in the mountains. They Like they go cross country skiing, they go regular skiing, like they do Alpine days. They are moving nonstop. Even just like, you know, you go to sinks, the roadside crag, it's like a 10 minute steep uphill hike with, you know, 20, 30 pound pack on. Yeah. These people, all the people who have surrounded Steve for his entire climbing and coaching life, they don't need to run. They need to rest. Absolutely. You know, and he came out, I think it was like two years ago, he was on the nugget podcast and he was like, Oh, had a little whoopsie daisy when I said, don't run. Cause I forgot that most people live in cities. Most people who are, who climb, you know, they live in cities. They go and the most activity they're getting is they go to the gym and they boulder three times a week. Like those people should be doing some base aerobic work, like some cardio, some general stuff. And he had recommended like rocking and things like that. And yeah, that's like, I think that's awesome. He was able to like kind of step back and be like, Oh, you know, I had my lens and this is something different. Another more recent one was, um, 
Ollie Torres on the Nugget podcast talking about building base endurance through just bouldering, just big bouldering sessions. And he talks about it quite a bit. And podcast ends. He goes out and he's talking with another coach. And the other coach is like, hey, or like they have this conversation. And it becomes obvious to him. He's like, ooh, I need to go clarify some things. So he calls up Steven, gets back in, and there's a little like um addition at the end. He was like, hey, little uh thing that's important to note. I coach Olympians. I coach people who train 30, 40 hours a week. So when I said that Toby Roberts didn't train endurance all winter, came back and had a great lead season, it's because he had five, eight-hour sessions a week. So yes, that is great for endurance, but for your normal everyday person, no, endurance work is actually important. Like if you don't have a full-time job of being a climber, this might not be helpful. Um, Yeah. So yeah, this is like, we all have some sort of bias and I will, you know, I'll throw myself under the bus here. When I, early in my coaching, I looked around and I have to stop this feeling all the time. I looked around and I was like, all of you are too strong. Like you're all just so, so strong, like and so much stronger than you need to be. And I felt like the answer was everyone just needs to get better at climbing like, mm. you know, I see people who it's like, oh, you're 150 pounds and you can dead hang with a hundred pounds on you on a one pad edge and you climb 12 a, what do you need to do? You need to have your significant other hide your hangboard from you for the next year and go climb. And every time you're on the wall, move like you give a shit. Like once again, younger 20 year old, um, coach, I have had very strong feelings, but here's the thing. Like if you want great technique in this sport, you need to dedicate thousands of hours of deliberate practice, moving like you care in order to truly become great, like an absolute fantastic mover. If you want to be one of those people who, like, you can climb 514 being a V8 boulder. Absolutely. But you need to log a lot of hours climbing, moving, climbing on rock, things that take a lot of time. You need to have a lot of your mental space taken up by climbing and thinking about how to move better, how to be more tactical. And here's the thing, like I recognize now most people don't have the time for that. They also just like, you know, a lot of people are like, Hey, I have a family I care about. I have other things I care about. They can't put in this insane amount of time and dedication. And so, you know, for these people, like, it's not fair for me to say, Oh, you just need to get better. Cause it's like, you know what? Like, you can get stronger being completely mindless. Like, you know, I mean, one of my favorite, uh, Roland Chen quotes was, uh, you know, I don't know why people make, feel like strength training has to be that complicated. Just pick up heavy shit and eat more chicken. Like, yeah, the thing is you can be mentally drained short on time and you can show up and you can get stronger. You don't have to be that mentally like locked in. You just show up, you give a decent effort for a couple years. You're going to get real strong. And for a lot of people, like that's what they have. That's what they have access to for a lot of their time. They can be deliberate and get a lot of work out of technical practice. And that's something that I am trying to push forward. Like how can we make the most out of the time we have? And that's a huge thing with my YouTube now is like, how can we make the time we have more potent? But, um, yeah, my bias very much was, oh, like people just all need to get better unequivocally. And frankly, that's, uh, I disagree with my old self now. Like they do need to get better, but I don't think everyone has the time for it. 
Yeah, totally. I agree with that. And, you know, another, like sort of the flip side of this, you know, find the voices that you resonate with and, you know, that sort of fit your situation. Um, the, the trick about those is like, let's say you don't listen to the nugget, you know, they're, those episodes are just too long for me. I don't, I don't have the, the time and they're not the type of episodes I'm looking for right now. Yeah. Um, but you did hear Steve on another podcast say, you know, running is stupid, don't run. But then you never listen to that nugget episode. So you never hear him reverse that. Yeah. And you've also heard Jonathan Segrist sort of say, yeah, Steve Bechtel and the Anderson brothers both told me stop doing all the running. And that's one of the best things I ever did for my climbing. Jonathan used to run, you know, 15 miles on his rest days in the mountains. Yes. So of course it wasn't helping him anymore. Y yeah. Um, so the, the trick with like, I'm only going to listen to these voices is that they're doing the same, like bring on They're They're doing the same content scramble that everyone else is, you know, that we're all trying to like fill our schedules with things, put out more content so for me, you know, I, I, I like the find the things that resonate with you. And then where I go from there is if I hear a guest or a topic uh, from a voice that resonates with me, I then dive into that topic. Like I, mm. I take a side road and I'm like, and this is actual micro learning. Like I might spend, you know, I'll, I'll make a playlist on Spotify of all these podcast episodes I found that dive into this topic. You know, I'll put a, I'll get a couple books on my Kindle about this topic. Yeah. And then for the next several weeks or month or whatever, depending on the, you know, how big the topic is, I'm reading all about effort or all about failure. And I'm, I'm digging into those topics, listening to a bunch of different people talk about it. And then when I find one that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I want to hear this person on other podcasts and see what other guests are pulling out of them. Yeah. Um, so, so I go down this big web of, of the, the voices that resonate with me, the things I find interesting, the things I disagree with. I'm like, like you said in the beginning, why do I disagree with this so strongly? Let me hear this person again, talking about the same thing and see what that host can pull out, you know? Yeah. So, so for me, that's a, that's a really important part of this that I've only learned this year. Um, it used to be, I'm just going to listen to every episode of this podcast because I like this one and this person resonates with me. Now it's when that person has a guest on or brings up a topic that I want to explore further, then I have to branch off and go elsewhere and spend a few weeks or a month. And the, the nice thing about that is then I get to come back and there's, fresh episodes and you know, I can cherry pick the ones I want instead of feeling like I have to listen to every episode because I'm running out of things to listen to. Yeah. I think having these learning projects is such a great way to go. Um, and it's, you know, there's this concept of just in time learning versus just in case learning. Mm -hmm. So just in case is like, well, I'm going to consume everything and you know, I'm going to try and absorb what I can just in case I might need it someday. Versus if you're like, oh man, yeah. I'm really interested in, you know, base aerobic endurance, uh, like 
I want to learn that. Like, that's important to me now. So this would be like the just-in-time learning. Like, oh, this is important. I want to learn about it. Cool, I'm going to consume everything on this topic. Um, And then suddenly, like, when we have a reason for wanting to learn it, that makes it connect more. Because suddenly you're like, okay, well, how do I apply this? What do I do with this? Um, Yeah, it makes it so much more valuable than the just-in-case learning. Like, so often I will have coaching sessions with someone and if this is a new person or I'll do a remote consultation with someone, they'll send me a ton of video. I watch it. You know, we have conversation at the end. I'm like, Hey, you know, separate like 10 minutes out at the very end. I'm like, this is, these are the things I think are the most important. These are your big rocks. And often people will be like, Oh yeah, I've heard about that before. Like, I'm like, cool. Okay. So what have you done to apply this information? They're like, I haven't done anything, but I've heard about it. And it's like, okay, like, you know, it, and people are mixed about it. Cause some people are like, oh, I've heard about it. Cool. Okay. And some people are like, oh, I've heard about that before. Like, cause they want something new. And I think that is also a danger of trying to listen to everything is we immediately wear out the novelty of everything. And so when you know, it is presented to you again. You're like, oh yeah, I've, I've heard about that. I've heard about like, you know, whatever, hangboarding, but yeah, whatever. Like, because it's not new, it doesn't seem like it should apply to you. But yeah, there's, you know, you talked earlier about this idea of it's so much cooler to read 50 books than it is to read five. Like one, a lesson that I had heard forever and it took me a long time to take to heart is if you only read one book every year, but you apply what you learned from it, there's nothing that can beat that. Like it doesn't matter how many books you read. And that's something that like, I used to be a lot more prolific of a reader. And I mean, frankly, like what's funny is oftentimes I don't even finish a lot of these books I'll read because I'll get halfway through and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is enough. Like this is enough information for me to work through for the next six months. Like, and sometimes like, you know, I go through and after those six months, I'm like, okay, that was a big change. I'm going to like, I'm excited for something else now. And so it might be two, three years before I come back and finish that book or if ever. Yeah. But if I took away enough to where I was like, oh, this is a big impactful change. Amazing. Like, it doesn't matter if I only read one chapter of the book, if it had great impact. Yeah. I really like this just in time versus just in case framework, uh, especially for climbing coaches or people, you know, self-coaching because if you're following on the Instagrams and the YouTubes and, and the podcast, it's, there's so much out there that so many people are saying is so important Yes, that you, it's overwhelming if you try to take all of that in and it could be really valuable to say, okay, what's the just in case information? What's the just in time? information? What are the things I really need to be listening to, consuming, learning about versus what can I put more on the the just-in-case side of things um, for when I'm not really digging deep into a topic? So I like that distinction a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if, if you enjoy the just-in-case information, like that is fine. Like there's plenty of stuff, you know, I, I follow a lot of like, uh, 
track like track and field accounts and things like that yeah, where it's like same. oh this is just some like explosive jump training and things like that look yep. this is so far from relevant to what i do but man yeah. it's cool it's like it's cool it's also just fun seeing people who are really good athletes so i follow plenty of things and that is for me you know of what i consume 99% of it's just just in case like Every now and then I'm like, ooh, okay, that's kind of interesting. I could apply that. But some of it's just, no, this is this is fun. I like seeing good athletes and hearing how they train. And I recognize that it's not actually that applicable. But I think that's important because it like in the past I would have been like everything I hear from any great coach in any great sector is important. I, I also think a lot of, you know, that sort of can be divided into the entertainment versus education um section of things like yeah i think it's important to have the entertainment and Mm -hmm. and binge the entertainment if you want to you know i i am a binger if it's a (laughs) true crime podcast i don't even want to start episode one until the seat until it's finished amazing (laughs) because i know i'm gonna listen to the whole thing Mm -hmm. uh, as fast as possible you know it's i don't want to pause yeah so for me, entertainment is binge worthy. I can just keep going from episode to episode, to episode, to episode, to episode. Whereas the education side of things, I don't binge it anymore. It's more like I might binge a topic, but I don't binge a, a one podcast because they're most often not talking about the same topic 10 episodes in a row. It's usually we're switching topics every episode. Yeah. So. So for me, the just in case uh, is sort of in the same column as entertainment, uh, whereas the just in time is in the column of education, at least in terms of how I interact with the two. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I think that I I like that distinction. Yeah. So one thing I'll talk about briefly, because I think a lot of people hear the value about learning from video. Yeah. There are a lot of sports where it's like, you know, you watch film, you study film, you need to watch people who are better than you. Um, I remember an interview with a high level Olympic lifter who like in his first few years of Olympic lifting, um, the gym he was at, they would always have a TV going with these like old films of like great Olympic lifters. And then one day his coach was like, Oh, here, we should watch this. And he was watching this video. He's like, dude, who are these amateurs that we're watching? And he was like, this is like the U.S. Nationals. These are like U.S. National Champions. But he had only been watching like the best, like Olympic caliber. So like when he actually watched people who were just good for our nation, he was like, oh, they're so slow. Like, you know, all these things are so unathletic. So it was funny that his framework had been only looking at the most elite and that was who he was trying to mimic. And that like, mm-hmm. that was the technique he wanted to go to. And I think there's absolutely value in that. Like, you know, I've made the joke several times. I feel like I follow half of Tokyo at this point. Cause <laughs> anytime I f- find like, I'm like, Oh, there's a new V 15 V 16 Japanese boulder follow. Like I, man, a lot of, I love the way those people move. Like, yeah, the the family tree of Dai Koyamata is is definitely worth the follow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, like I mean the so many of those climbers like 
so what I often do is I pick a style. Um, early in my climbing, I really wanted to get good at momentum. So I like mimicked Ty Landman's style because I thought he had the best use of momentum I had seen. And so I would watch all of his videos. And I would, same thing, if I would see him do a boulder, I might pull up a video of someone else doing it. Maybe I'd watch like Daniel Woods doing it and compare the two. And it's like, okay, well, how would Daniel, a more static climber, do this versus this momentum? And man, I just did this deep dive for, I mean, probably like six, eight months on anytime I watched anyone move, all I paid attention to was their momentum usage. Where did they generate it? In, like from in their body, what direction were they moving? How much momentum did they have when they hit the destination hold? Like this, I think is such a good way to analyze videos. Cause if you just watch, if you're like, I'm going to watch videos of Yanya, like, yeah. Uh, what are you going to watch? Like, what you would just you just walk away from everyone with like, wow, she's really good. Oh yeah. I mean, who wouldn't just, <laughs> yes. I mean, and I think there's definitely value to that. Like just simply watching the greats, I think is good, but we can get higher value. Like, you know, pay attention to, man, you know, if you're like, oh, I want to get really good at footwork and being able to maximize, let's say you have great mobility, but you feel like you could use your legs better, man, go watch Orian Berton, like watch her mm -hmm. climb indoors, watch her climb outside. My God. Like, I mean, she's one of the best in the world at it. Like there are so many pick a theme and then just go hunting for people. Like if I want to see someone who can just yeah. use all four points, like both arms, both legs together in just this symphony of movement, I'm watching Dai Koyamata. Like there's, I yeah. think that's a really great way to go. And when you watch like, yeah, find the people look for one thing, rewatch the video. If you ever see something where you're like, wow, that was crazy. Hit pause, rewind, watch it again. Man, sometimes I'll even, uh, I screen record things on Instagram so that I can scrub through and I'll rewatch a single move 20, 30 times until I'm like, oh, I understand how they did it now. Like, yeah, cause totally. I, I don't want anything to feel mystical and it's, I mean, it's fun when you watch something, you're like, wow, that's, I can't believe someone could do that. And that's a fun feeling, but I want to be able to dissect it so I can know, oh, I see what they did now. That's a really clever usage of this. Like. And I think I have a grasp of it. Yeah, I, I do think there's a, like, I, I love this, this more like global learning from watching other people climb. And this is a sort of a tangent. We should do a whole episode on this, I think. But there's a, a big push to like always video yourself when you're climbing mm -hmm. now and then analyze every video and then compare it to other people doing the problem or, you know, doing the move or whatever. And I think there's a big pitfall here in that we aren't always focused on the right thing to solve whatever problem it is we're facing. You know, we might get fixated on my hips are too far from the wall or I'm, you know, holding this hold at a slightly different wrist angle and I need to fix that. Mm -hmm. And that might not be the problem at all. Um, we all solve things in different ways. Um, there's... Uh, infinite solutions to almost every move in climbing if we boil down the details enough. Yeah. So, so I think there's a pitfall there, but I do love the like follow a theme through a bunch of videos, watch a, watch a person or a style, um, 
and just dig deep into that and and then try to try to imitate it, try to learn from it, try to, you know, take it to the gym and make it an experiential thing instead of, oh, I'm just going to watch these and that's where it stops. Totally. And I think this is actually one of the best uses of video. Like I, I think video is great. I think I used to just be like, man, video, everything. It's fantastic. It's, it's a great tool until I started meeting people who were so heavily reliant on video that yeah. like if they forgot to hit record, they couldn't tell you what just happened. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know that could happen. Like, you know, because you know, when we start or when I started, it was like, dude, video was film. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like, you had to lug around a, a thing the size of a giant Patagonia duffel bag. Yeah. If you were rewatching, it was on like a <laughs> tiny little screen or you had to like, I had to take the tape and like put it inside of like a VHS, like a, yeah, I don't yeah. know what those were called, but it like slipped inside a giant VHS husk that you would then put into your player. And that's how you would watch it back. And so, yeah, of course, like, well, it didn't video very much. I, my first like three years of climbing, there's, you know, probably a collective 10 minutes of me climbing. But I think for a video of yourself, one thing that is useful is things like drills or like trying to copy styles. Because for a lot of people, this is one of my favorite things. I'll be like, hey, let's train over-exaggerate momentum, like use a ton of momentum for every move. And in their mind, they're just like Yoshiyuki Ogata on the wall. And then they watch themselves climb and they're like, oh, yikes, I am just a rock sloth right now. Like, yeah, you know, it's like when you hear your own voice for the first time, you're like, is that what I really sound like? And I think for that, it's great. Like, let's see, you know, climb, try and move in extremes of like, try and move really statically twist for every move, climb square, and then see the video so that you can basically make these connections between what is actually happening and what feels like it's happening. I think that's a fantastic usage of video. To continue the video theme, um, you know, let's let's sort of get into some really concrete things people can do to to better learn, to like streamline their learning process. And you've got a note on here about algorithms that I hadn't thought about that I think is really a brilliant way to go that that maybe a lot of people aren't considering. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of those things that when you hear it, you're like, duh. But like until you do it, it's like hard to fully appreciate it. But the the algorithm that you see whenever you open, let's say, Instagram, you have control over that. Like it's always YouTube as well. YouTube as well. Like YouTube, you can hit like not interested or don't suggest this channel. And you can do the same thing on Instagram. Like even if it's your friend, if they're constantly posting about, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, you have a buddy, you like him, he posts about golf and fishing a lot. And, uh, you know, you can just hit like mute. Great. Like you're not seeing golf and fishing anymore. And, uh, you know, if he messages you, it doesn't, doesn't show that you're no longer following him. It's fantastic. (laughs) But I, you know, I heard about this forever. And like, I was one of those people who was like, oh, I just feel like, you know, Instagram doesn't show me what I want anymore. And like, I feel like the app's going downhill. And I'd heard other people saying this. And then finally I was like, I'm going to go through and just like fully prune everything I follow. And I mean, I like muted hundreds of accounts. It's amazing. It's like, it is actually like whenever I open it, I only see what I want to see now. And the second I'm like, Oh, I don't 
like this isn't doing me any good anymore, I get rid of it. Just follow the things that actually bring you joy, things that educate you. Like if something bothers you that you see, mute it. It doesn't matter if it's your aunt Joan talking about the knickknacks in her hall closet, like mute her. Like you'll see her at Thanksgiving. And there's definitely, you know, people are going to push back against that and say, well, we, you know, then you're creating this echo chamber. Instagram should be a better reflection of the complete world. It's <laughs> not going to happen no matter what you do. So why not make it a thing that really works for you instead of trying to create this false real world that's never actually going to happen? Um, I would rather get the things that I disagree with in a place where I can have an actual productive discourse about them as opposed to a place where if I disagree, I'm just going to get 80 people, you know, trashing me for other things. Who knows? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. You know, and it's, uh, I think I've brought this up before, but uh, one of my buddies, whenever he starts a training program, he stops listening to the climbing podcasts. He stops reading yeah. new articles. And he was talking with a coach one day about it. Um, and the coach was like, what, what do you mean? You're not like watching YouTube videos and listening to podcasts. He was like, why would I? I'm training. Like, I don't need new information right now. Like, yeah, that's just a distraction. And the coach was like, mind blown. Couldn't believe it. You know, was like, I, you're doing it wrong. Like, but it's like, ah, oh, this guy keeps getting results year after year and he doesn't get distracted. Like, I think there's something to that. I know a lot of musicians who do a similar thing when they're when they're working on their own album. Yeah, either they stop listening to everything else or they only listen to a specific like genre that they're inspired by. You yeah. Know? Like if I'm if I'm making a you know a a bluesy rap album, I'm only going to listen to like old blues from the 40s. You yeah. Know? Uh, to be inspired by it. I'm going to stop listening to everything else. Um, I, I think that's a really smart way to go, frankly. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a coach listening or, you know, if you are someone who teaches, um, I think there's a lot to this. Like, I, uh, no disrespect to anyone, I mute every coach. Like, mm. I don't, I don't get notifications from almost any coach or uh, most creators in the climbing space. Because, I mean, I get it. The algorithm is such a thing that everyone has to constantly be putting things out. But it like, ironically, I feel like if you follow everyone, that's more of an echo chamber than anything. Because one thing gets posted, and then everyone needs to post the same thing, and then there there becomes this like recency bias of you're like, well, I'm seeing it everywhere, and it's like, you know, this is the thing I keep seeing right now, so it must be important. And it, for me, it really makes me lose the big picture of like okay what's yeah. actually important because yeah like it doesn't matter how strongly i feel about something if i see 15 different accounts post about this one thing right now my brain is naturally just like oh this must be important because i keep seeing it everywhere um so yeah i i don't follow many people inside of climbing who do what i do so that i can have my own thoughts like if i want to look for that kind of stuff, I will. And I go, you know, I'll go searching and I'll even honestly, at this point, like I'm fortunate. I just reach out to people and talk to them directly. I'm like, Hey, what are your thoughts on yep. this? Cause also I'm 
more likely going to get a real conversation from that anyways than I'm going to get from their posts. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I think there's a lot of value in pruning the information that gets presented to you because it's everywhere now. Like we are constantly inundated with information and if you're just letting it come at you at whatever speed, like that's not control. Yeah, totally. Uh, one of the things I do, you know, not Instagram, but on YouTube as well as on podcasts. Um, I do it on Instagram as well, but uh, far more on YouTube and podcasts. And what I'll do is rather than just going on and scrolling through things to see what catches my interest, I'll go looking for specific things uh, about specific topics. And then I just, I, on Instagram, I'll save them into folders. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to really engage with the post right now. I'm just going to save it into a folder. Um, same with YouTube. I'm not going to watch the video. I'm just going to save it to a private playlist. And same with podcasts. I, on Spotify, I create playlists. I have a bunch of just private playlists of things I want to listen to on a certain topic. Um, I do that when I'm in the mood to scroll, uh, so that when I am not in the mood to scroll and I want to learn things, I have a big playlist of things there that I can sort through instead of spending my time scrolling and searching for podcasts about failure or whatever. I now have a whole playlist of them. I can just hit play on and listen to them back to back to back. If I want to different people talking about failure in different ways. Um, you know, I have a, I have a podcast playlist for coaching for mastery. That's over 50 episodes deep, you know, and, and still growing. It's just got tons of information on like communication and feedback and, um, different coaching topics that I'm, that I'm interested in. And that way I can go in and listen to those episodes sometimes multiple times. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Organizing information is so so valuable when it's podcasts for me there's also a i've tried a couple of different apps like air with two r's and Mm. snipped s-n-i-p-d that allow you to like um create little snippets or quotes from the podcast you're listening to just with a, a touch oh that's cool um and they are cool they don't work as well for me just because I'm someone who has to like listen all the way through mm. and then then I want to go back and find specific parts um, yeah. or listen all the way through again and take notes, you know. Um, I wish I could use those apps better. I think they're really valuable. Mm-hmm. My podcast listening um, process has been created in a way that doesn't leave room for those apps. Um, which is interesting actually, because I, I use an app to edit podcasts. Like when I'm building a remix episode or a written in stone episode or something like that, I listen on an app called edit point where I can stop it at any time and take a note that's uh, time stamped. Mm. And that works for me for great effect. And it would work with these episodes as well. Um, but for whatever reason, when I'm just listening to learn, uh, I do it differently than when I'm listening to edit. Yeah. Um, so those are, a you know, an option for people who 
want to spend a lot of time learning on podcasts. Otherwise, if I'm just learning, I keep a notebook there and I write down timestamps or I keep a Google Doc open in the room, you know, like I'll be hangboarding while I'm listening to a podcast and there's a Google Doc open on my computer that I can just type in a timestamp for that podcast episode. Um, like that's the way I do it when I'm working on remix episodes. Nice. I like that. You know, I think one thing, if the idea of notes feels daunting to you, um, one thing that is pretty well proven by research that works really well is, um, oh, there's a fun name for it. I can't think of it right now, but basically it's like you force yourself to try and recall what you just read or consumed without actually looking back at it. Um, it's pretty interesting that comparing if you're like, okay, I'm going to, let's say you read a chapter book or you listen to a podcast pausing and being like, okay, what was everything they talked about doing that compared to actually going back and reviewing? Like, let's say it's a chapter and you're like, okay, that was good. Let me flip back through and review everything doing that. You will actually remember a significantly less than if you pause and just force yourself to try and remember, even if you can't remember everything, it just like basically tells your brain, Hey, this is important. Let's like cement this in place a little bit better. I also like explaining it to someone else. Yeah. You know, that's, I do that a lot. I'm sure Annalisa, uh, I was about to say, it, yeah, <laughs> where I'm like listening on headphones to a podcast and I'll just stop it and I'll be like, Hey, did you know this? And yeah. I'll, just explain this whole thing she doesn't give a shit about. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and for me, that's all part of like connecting dots. Like this, this whole learning thing is I want to connect the dots between these podcast episodes, this book, this YouTube video, this research paper that I just read. Like, how can I connect all those dots together? So I very often, like you were talking about earlier, pause it and then just consider how does that relate to this paper I just read last week and this video I watched two weeks ago? How does this all relate together? Yeah. You know, and something that I think is valuable with this too is thinking about, like, I think something we really miss out on with constantly trying to push new information out there by everyone, including us, um, is there's a lot of great information from five, 10, 20 years ago. That's, Mm -hmm. super valuable that you know dave mcleod's nine out of ten climbers is a good example i think it's at like the 15 year mark now and when i read it i'm like god a lot of this is still really great like there are some things that i disagree with now but if you can just hold in your mind okay this was written in 2007 i think like thinking about that it's like then you can say okay well i can connect the dot of you know, he really highly valued this where maybe that was more relevant for the time, but every like, yeah. you know, and you can kind of separate out and some things you can be like, Oh, like he explained it in a very like simple way, but this is something that now maybe we have a little more evidence around. And that's really cool that he was seeing this connection back then, even though, you know, all we had was anecdote at the time, or maybe we just have stronger anecdote now. Cause frankly, that's probably what it likely is. But yeah, I think we don't, go back in time often enough. That's a, that's a really good point. I, when I'm looking for like podcast episodes, books, things like that, I try not to look at most recent. Oh, it's so hard. Like, yeah. 
it's very hard, but I, I want to, I want to hear the things that were, you know, when this topic was first being discussed, I want to, I want to know what the people were thinking back then, because it's entirely possible. uh, A a tangent has been taken on this topic or people are going the wrong direction and you're hitting it just at the point where we're, you know, going down a dead end road or something. Um, So, so I want to know all the, the thoughts around it. And when I'm, this is something that when I started working on these remix episodes was really valuable for me that I, I didn't really expect, um, was that a, I like keep a a resource list as I'm researching, listening, learning with little notes about what each resource is. But then I, once I like spend time thinking and it's a lot of time thinking, it's not constant learning. It's not constant reading, listening, researching. Yeah. There's a lot of time just sitting there <laughs> thinking. Yeah. Like how does how can I connect all these dots? What does this all mean? How does this relate to this? Then I write it out. And mm. I, I think that's if you're a journaler or someone who blogs or whatever, writing it out, you know, writing an essay about the topic is so huge for me, at least it, it, that is, makes it stick more than any of the just learning and thinking does. Yeah. If I try to present it in a way as if I'm teaching it to someone, and there's a fair amount of research saying that trying to teach something to someone is one of the best ways to help learning stick. Um, so for me, the writing it out and trying to say it to everybody else is a huge part of this. Yeah. I, I love this. Um, can't remember who it was, but there was a famous author who, you know, had said, uh, I don't know what I'm thinking until I write it down. And yeah. It, there, there's so much to that. I mean, and this is common advice for like, if you're going through a stressful time, literally just write about it. And suddenly that gives you a different perspective. Um, I had a client who, you know, I worked with her this last summer and like, she wrote out, I was like, yeah, so tell me what your weekly schedule's like. And she wrote it out and she was like, oh my God. She was like, I've never seen it written like that. I was like, yeah, we should actually I'm that hop. person. I was like, we should actually hop on a phone call because this can't be discussed. Like, I was like, <laughs> there was a lot. And I like, I like we hopped on a phone and I literally I have like two sheets of paper and I am like scribbling notes furiously out because she was just like, Yeah, like I didn't realize how insane my schedule is until actually having to like write it down to present to someone uh she was like what do you think about it and i was like we can make it work we can make it work but you're not wrong there there's a lot yeah like but yeah it it really solidifies things to put them down on paper and especially if you're trying to like you know explain thing even explain things even yeah like essentially writing a book report on like what you learned to, even yep. if it's just for yourself to reference later, which I think is super helpful. Cause you can, I love going back and thinking like, okay, how did I interpret this information at this time? Um, honestly, like, uh, you'll find so often, like, I mean, this is like the running joke of all training. I mean, probably a lot of life too. Like you go back and be like, Oh, you know, there'll be all these exclamation points next to something and stars. And this is from 10 years ago. And it's like, this is a huge life lesson. Make sure to learn it. And you're like, ah, man, I wish I would have, this is still relevant now. Like I'll put a few more stars next to it, maybe highlight it and hope that somehow does it. 
Yeah. I've also found that when I'm writing it down, I can more clearly see where I'm going wrong. Yeah. Like in, in the remix episodes in particular, as I'm writing them out and trying to think, uh, and when I'm listening back in my editing process, what I, what I was thinking made sense when I listen back to it, I'm like, oh, that doesn't really make sense. Let me, let me rework that. Let me try to understand better. Let me go search for this missing component that I didn't realize was missing until I heard myself say it. Yeah. That, this happens to me all the time when I'm writing articles for the website. Like, I'll be like, oh, well, here's this thing. And I have this idea on, I have this thought about this concept and I'll write it. And then I'm, I have to think through the lens of, okay, how will people interpret it? And I'm like, oh, I've combined like four thoughts and I really didn't tie a single one of them up. Like I, I felt like I had a more well-rounded idea on this topic, but really it's just a lot of threads going in different directions. I need to figure out like, what do I actually think about this one specific thing? If I take it to its logical endpoint. Um, yeah, I think it's super useful and really points out like, you know, little gaps in your knowledge. Yeah. And I think, you know, there, there's a big push to like learn more, you know, consume more that, mm -hmm. that equals learning more. And I, I think we, we know from like our, the way schools are formatted that memorization and hearing more and yeah. reading more doesn't necessarily mean learning. So I, I think it's just important for folks. We all have good intentions. We want to learn more things. We want to become better climbers, better athletes. So I'm, I'm consuming and learning as much as possible. But I, I think there's a better way than the direction that we're going. Um, and as a part of that, you know, I, I've spent the last year really like interrogating what we do over here in terms of putting information out there. You know, I mean, right now it's just like there's, there are all these giant pipes, you know, coming <laughs> into this one well and, and there's so much being flooded in right now that it, that it can be really overwhelming. So, so I've interrogated that over the last year and we're making some changes. Um, we started as education, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning and, and I really want to get back to that. Um, so well, the first thing we did was we, entirely overhauled our blog um you know all the old articles all of those things now if you go on the website you click the resources tab and it's you're going to get a big list of categories topics um if you click on one of those topics it takes you to a landing page where we've already curated things in terms of their format like here are all our podcasts on strength Here's all our articles. Here's all our videos. Um, and then here are our best of. Here are the ones that have been popular and we think are really valuable. And then some of those go into little subtopics once you're on the landing page. You can also go to the entire blog now. This used to not be a thing and it blows my mind that we didn't do this. But now if you go to the entire archive, when you click on the resources tab, there's a, a sorter there that we've built that can sort via format. So if you want podcast, article, or video, and then via 
general topic and more specific topic. Um, so you should be able to find a number of resources on our blog um, for just about any topic on getting better at climbing. That was step one, like give people a place to start their exploration. And then we're making a bunch of changes in the podcast that, you know, and I want to talk through some of these with you because I don't, I don't have them fully uh, figured out yet. But number one, we want more questions. You know, I would love for people to ask questions, suggest topics that aren't being heard, totally. partly because I'm not listening to as many climbing podcasts as I used to. There's just too much of it. And I'm using a lot of my podcast time, either learning about a specific topic that's going to help me become a better coach or entertainment. Um, and so I end up not listening to a lot of the other podcasts about climbing. So I don't know what's not being talked about a lot of the time, mm -hmm. you know, so everybody out there who's listening, if you have questions, suggested topics, let us know. Obviously our patrons are going to be prioritized. If they have questions, those things are going to go first, but I, I want to know, you know, what do you, what do you want to hear? Obviously, I'm not going to be the person who's like, every other week, I just want to know what you want to hear. And that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the things I'm interested in and, you know, explore the topics that I'm interested in. But if enough people say this would be valuable, I'm going to be interested in it. Yeah. You know, so, so please ask those questions. Um, I, I think we maybe have had enough ideas that we can keep rolling and we still do. We have a list a mile long yeah. of topics, but I want to make sure that it's valuable for everyone else too. Um, a couple of other things. I've done a million long form interviews. There are a million podcasts out there doing long form interviews. I just don't want to do them anymore. Um, for two reasons. Number one is I think they're a really inefficient way to learn. Um, you know, you might get a five minute clip of someone talking about a topic that's important to you. Um, and if it's entertainment, great. You should go listen to those things. Like I said, there are people doing great long form interviews. Um, I also really like doing them in person. For me, that's a far more valuable thing. And that's harder now that I, that I'm here in Lander with a baby full-time, you know, stay at home dadding. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to be doing as many of those. I am going to sort of translate, you know, or transfer those into a new series. That's going to be talking to experts, largely outside of climbing. But like I said, if you guys want to hear from somebody in climbing, who's an expert on something, let me know. I want to talk to them, but I want to talk to people outside of climbing and then see if I can translate it to climbing. Um, so I'll have these long form conversations that I can do remotely because they're going to be more education, less about getting to know the person, mm -hmm. you know? So, so there are going to be long form interviews, they're just going to be very different. They'll probably be annotated. I'll probably break the conversation and say, 
okay, you know, I'm jumping in here. Here's how we can view this as climbers. Here's how it might help us. Here's how it might not, even though it seems like it could. Um, so trying to make those more educational as opposed to entertainment or, or, you know, really like getting to know another human being, which is something I love and I enjoy. And it's sad that I don't get to do it as often, but it just doesn't fit my schedule. So I'm going to have to get rid of those to some degree. If they pop up and it's available for me to sit down with this person, I'll still do those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where you come in, what I want to know is like board meetings are going to continue. You know, obviously I, I really like this format. I, I value this time of bouncing ideas around and also taped tips. Um, that's a relatively new thing. I've played with different ways to do it. Those are going to be short form kind of focused educational episodes and you and I have talked a little bit. I'm hoping that we can take some of the audio from your YouTube channel um, or whatever else you want to say. I would love to split those tape tips up in you do some, I do some. Um, we could even have the other coaches do some if they're interested in doing it. But that way we get lots of perspectives on learning different things or getting different tips. Totally. Yeah, I love that idea. And, I mean, it seems like it's what you're doing on your YouTube to a degree anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So any of the things that don't need a visual um, could work really well in that short form. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, and people have been great on the YouTube and um, giving feedback. And that is something that, like, a lot of people have asked for is, can I get a podcast version of this? Mm. Yeah, cool. And then the What When How to Train episodes are popular, and I think they're a lot of fun. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And can really get you psyched on a trip. And frankly, that's one of the most important parts of getting better at climbing is being psyched and being motivated. So yeah. those are also going to stick around. I'm going to be doing more remix episodes. Um, maybe they won't be as giant and involved as a lot of the ones I've already done. Um, so some mini remixes will likely happen. Uh, and then the other thing that I'm considering, and, and I would love to know your thoughts on this, is I don't know what I want to call it yet. Maybe sends, um, something like that. But talking to clients of ours um this could be you talking to one of your clients i could talk to one of your clients whatever someone who's done one-on-one -on -one coaching someone who's done proven plans with us someone who's just done an ebook whatever someone who's interacted with what we make in some way and then the successes they've seen the challenges they've seen what they wish was included that wasn't um what they, you know, didn't expect to be helpful, but was whatever their successes are. I want to celebrate the, the like normal average climber and how they got there, but in a way that's more globally helpful for everybody. Yeah. Um, so I would like to bring on some of our clients to kind of talk through their, 
process, um, whether it's been one single send or a big season or whatever. Yeah. I love that idea. I mean, that's, you know, that's one of the big flaws with, uh, it's cool hearing from pros, but also, I mean, that's it. They're professional climbers. Like they have all the hours of every day. Like, you know, they're uh, like, there are plenty of pros who are like, I don't understand why would you, why would you train if it's sunny outside? Like, right. You could be climbing and it's like, Oh, well I have a job. Like, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and yes, they have, I do think they have value to add, but for so many people, like it's more inspiring to hear like, Oh, this is how you manage to balance everything. And like, you know, and balance everything isn't even just time. It's just like, oh, this is how you balanced. You have a family. You also have a job you care about. You have climbing. Right. How did you balance that emotionally? How did you like change your priorities throughout the year? Like, because I know people who are just like, oh, like during this time of the year, work's really busy. And so I'm going to literally just like put my, like do the, do the type of training that is the least mentally intensive that I know mm-hmm. will just set me up so I can when I have the time and I have the mental space, I can do well. And that I think is super valuable. And that's something I don't think we hear enough of. Yeah, I agree completely. You know, I like this better than the, you know, Instagram post client spotlight sort of a thing, uh, because the thing that makes these, these clients, you know, I, I, I want to say average, but that's not really what these people are. Um, that make these, you know, people with lives outside of climbing so interesting is all these little things that add up to make it difficult, frankly, to train for climbing unless yes. they manage it in a, a really specific way. And I want to know about all of those things, not just this person has a full-time job and also sent their hardest route. Well, maybe their full-time job is remote and, you know, it's very easy for them to live in a van you know, in rifle or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I heard one recently, someone, uh, they were, they were like, Oh, this person only climbs outside 10 days a season. And they climbed this very, very hard climb. It's like, well, I know that person. And they climbed outside 250 plus days a year for over a decade. And it's like, yes, now their schedule is very different, but it's like, right. Uh, we, we need that piece of information. Like, you know, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be the big ad um, this year are those types of episodes um, where we get to talk to people in different situations, different perspectives, and try to pull from those scenarios what it is that we could all do. And, you know, not every one of those is going to be good for every person. Totally. Uh, I think that's the... That's a key to remember here in all of this is that not every podcast episode or YouTube video is going to apply to you. Um, it, we're still going to be cherry picking. You know, I'm trying to make it valuable, but not everything's going to be valuable for every person. Yeah. Last thing I'll say here, I don't want to bore people with the changes that are coming. They're They're interesting to me because I've been thinking about them for a long time, but but I know they're not super interesting to everyone else, but just as a quick like heads up 
here's how you can better engage if you want to better learn from these things are sort of how the feeds and episodes are going to look different going forward. Um, if you follow Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, mm-hmm. their their podcast releases daily almost. And every day of the week is a different type of episode um, with a different image and a different format. And, and that's what this feed is going to become, essentially. Uh, not daily, not by any means is it going <laughs> to be daily. Um, it will probably still only be two or three episodes a month. Uh, patrons will continue to get um, two bonus episodes minimum every month. And the way it's going to be is will the, t- the type of episode, the series, is going to be in all caps. That's going to be the first thing you see. Board meeting, well one had a train, tape tips, remix, expert, whatever the new series are going to be called. Um, that's the first thing you'll see. Then the guest and the topic and all of that. But then once you're in it, we're going to start using chapters and uh, clickable timestamps. I haven't used them before because not every podcast app um, supports them. I think I've found a way to do them that every podcast app will support. Nice. Um, It's a little more work, but I know that Spotify, for instance, you'll be able to click in your show notes for the different pieces, the different chapters. Apple, you have to, it won't be clickable in the show notes. You'll have to scroll up, you know, swipe up from the show notes and that'll give you the chapters. Um, and then I think in your, you use pocket casts, uh, podcast. And, yeah. Or wait, what do you called? use? Pocket I, cast. I think. Sorry. I'm unprepared here. Uh, overcast. Overcast. You use overcast. Yeah. Well, I think in pocket cast, you get a tab that says chapter, uh, that you can click. And then in yours, <laughs> there's also a chapter and you can click in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so some combination of those things, whether you have a dedicated chapters tab that you swipe to or click to, or you can click right there in the show notes. And I'm going to try to add those clickable timestamps to all of the things that make sense. Like for board meetings, when we, when we do top five lists or when we're um, discussing different things, you'll get those chapters. That way you're, it's just easier to go back to. Um, transcripts are always available. A lot of the old episodes have full transcripts in the blog post. Um, if it's a newer episode, it may not. So if you want a transcript, hit me up, we can get you a transcript. Um, but look on the blog post first because hundreds of the old episodes are already there. Um, and then I'll also try to include in those uh, in the blog post for each episode, as well as in the show notes, here are other episodes or other resources or our resource landing page that makes sense for you to go to to start exploring this topic further. You know, whether it's a remix episode, an expert episode, uh, a board meeting about a specific topic, there are going to be other articles, videos, podcasts that we've done that sort of branch off of that topic. So I'm going to be trying to put all of those in there. Essentially, I'm trying to turn it into 
what I wish I had when I was doing remix episodes. Like if I found a podcast that said, oh, here are all these other episodes and articles and research papers and all this other stuff you can look at, that's what I want. Um, so that's what we're going to try to turn all of these podcast episodes in starting now and going forward just to make them more useful for everybody. Yeah, I really like that. It, it might be a fool's errand. I might just be spending a <laughs> lot of extra time for no reason, but it's the, it's the thing I want us to be. Like I, I want, this is all about educating climbers and making people better climbers. Um, and, you know, I steered away from talking to the pros a long time ago because I just don't think it's a, a super effective, efficient way to learn. That doesn't mean it's not valuable. Mm-hmm. And and you should, if you're excited to go listen to the pros, you should go listen to the pros because they're, you know, I think the struggle does a great job of breaking down um, different aspects of the way pros are approaching climbing. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the nugget does amazing long form interviews where they are regularly talking about uh, training and then the enorma cast does great like history and stories uh from pro climbers so absolutely go listen to those if that's the way you want to go um over here i think i want to lean more toward the education side of things i like that All right. I think that's all I've got then. We just keep getting inundated with more and more information. That's not going to slow down. It's probably just going to speed up. Uh, So it's on us to figure out better ways to retain the things we want, filter out the things we don't, and apply the things we, we want to to our climbing, to our lives all of this and I, I hope that we can be helpful in that pursuit for everybody yeah alright you guys know where to find us powercompanyclimbing.com where we've got courses a million blog posts and podcast episodes and all sorts of training plans for different levels of climber different trips you might be taking um, we've got training plans focused on different areas uh, and like I said, check out that resource tab. Um, you can go down some rabbit holes, learning about all sorts of things, and you can learn, grow, and excel. Yeah.